Hi guys, it's Gustav here, and I just have a small editorial note to make before we get started today. This episode was recorded about five weeks before the unfortunate series of events in Dallas with the shooting of the five officers. In this episode, it's our normal uh, buffoonery and general nonsense, but towards the end, we get a little bit serious, and we talk about how for our parents' generation, it was such a big shift and how far things have come when they went through desegregation and how it kind of affected a small town and how in our children's perspective it seems totally insane. We fully recognize that race relations are not where we would want them to be in this episode, but I wanted to give you a little bit of context that this conversation happened before things got really crazy. One of the things that made me want to keep this part of the episode for you guys was that we make a reference to uh, a young eight-year-old boy that goes through desegregation and goes from uh, having been in a black school to being thrust into formerly an all-white school and how he made friends with our family, our parents and parents' generation. And that man was a, a hell of a guy, and I just found out today that he passed away. So kind of in his honor and in hope of that we don't lose sight of that we have made progress as a nation. We went ahead and we'll keep this piece in for you to listen to. Welcome any feedback. I realize we're three uh, middle-aged white guys, so our perspective may not be as uh, the same as everybody else's, but open dialogue is kind of what we're all about, so we'd love to hear from you. So that's enough editorializing. Good evening, I'm Ted Koppel. Surely everyone knows by now that Buckwheat is dead. But for those of you who have not seen the videotape of Buckwheat being shot, let's take a look. Live peep shows. You can walk in right off the street and for a few euro get a live full-on striptease. There can be only one. Ty Webb. Heavy Longmire. Gustav Mateblanc. Is GLK London transmitting on the short wave band on 10.4 meters at a frequency of 250 megacycles per second? This is GLK London transmitting on the short wave band on 10.4 meters at a frequency of 250 megacycles. Can you hear me? Can you hear me? Can you hear me? Can you hear me? Come on then, Plato, enlighten me. That'll go over like a turd in the punch bowl. Well, we're back for Can You Hear Me? Podcast of Three Guys. I am Gustav Monteblanc. I am Ty Webb. And I am Heavy Longmire. And you can find us on Twitter. I'm Real Gustav. At Longmire Heavy. At Muzzy74. No use, because you can suck a dick. And you can email us at canyouhearmepod at gmail.com. Find us at canyouhearmepod.com. Find us on Tumblr. Find us on... Tinder, Tinder, Grinder, wherever you may find us, we'll be there. Selling our Snapchat. Longmire will send you a D pic. He'll be answering all of your medical questions. That's right. What's your number one piece of advice for those with medical problems? First thing you want to do is tug one out. Sound advice. <laughs> all right, boys. We got an email from the Crandy Man himself, Crandy Jay Cranfill. JJ. Greetings to the kings of the 903. I'm happy to hear that little gal Gustav is recovering well from the vicious recent snake bite. I understand that part of the treatment rendered was here in the big city. After leaving the 903 wilderness for this purpose, were any travelers perplexed by our vast highways, modern medicine, (laughs) 
or the giant steel birds that fly through our skies, transporting people magically to all parts of the world. I kid, of course, as it is apparent that you all are geniuses well-versed in all ways of the world, from higher education down to devil worship and abandoned pastures. So very true. So as far as the copperhead goes, have we ruled out the possibility that this was some kind of message trying to be sent by the powers that be over at Grayson County Speedway after they may have been portrayed in not the most complimentary fashion in a prior Can You Hear Me episode? Perhaps one of their many reptilian creatures outside of Turn 2 was dispatched to the property of Gustav with a specific mission to harm. You know, we can't disprove this theory. Hell no, it sounds pretty... Feasible to me. That that's valid. So there may be something to this. Finally, I think the whole white couch story genre is an urban legend. Now, Heavy pointed out that we actually saw the girl from the white Trans Am back seat story. Wasn't a white. Well, it was a Trans Trans Am seat story at a funeral the other day. Yep. So I asked who that is, and he pointed out, oh. That's the girl from the Trans Am story. So. He's one that shit in the Trans Am. Did y'all talk to her about it while y'all were there? He didn't I realize up, it till afterwards. I went up and gave her a hug, but I didn't think about after the fact. I was like, holy shit, we were just talking about her. Did you tap her on the ass and say, hey, no, keep tight? No, no. We had a similar story that went around at my high school where it was rumored that a guy I was friends with was rearing his female companion at the time out by his pool. Now, I assume that rearing is not... In the uh, raising raising sense here, this yeah. is more of a term for backdoor play. Gotcha. That'd be my best guess. Uh, let me backtrack. Was rearing his female companion at the time out by his pool, pulled out, and she proceeded to defecate involuntarily. In this version of the AV tale, AV standing for anal virgin, of course, mm. that's my footnote there. Are we but, sure that was involuntary? I want to get to this in a second. Uh, there was not much evidence to hide from the parents since they were outside. He just reportedly laughed about it the whole thing and walked away. Now, the parents were outside watching? I don't think so. I think no. that the parents didn't oh, really. Oh, since the is outside, partakers so. were doing it outside. Yeah. Okay, I got you. Now, some 20 years later, he refuses to confirm nor deny the rumor. It's all made up, though, in my opinion. Keep up the good work, gentlemen. Jay. That'd be fucking awful. So oh. run out by the pool. <laughs> all right, so let's let's tackle this from a couple of ways. My first thing is pool sex is not good sex. No, in general, it might be hot for a little bit, but pool chlorine water is not the best uh, lubricant. Now it lubricant. definitely needs to be done in moderation. Now, secondly, again, I think we mentioned this in the first time we talked about white couch. Who's doing this outside that much? You know, I'm not thinking that anal lends itself to outside endeavors. And right out behind the house, too? Like, I mean, I guess the folks could just look out the window? or Right. Now, of course, you do have your story. I do have a story about looking out the window and seeing some people having sex in the pool. So that is a true story on that element. But I'm pretty sure... There was no anal involved in think, that story. Do you think that individual is at all concerned about the chlorine content? <laughs> no. At he, that time? No one in that no one involved in that pool cared about the chlorine or probably the lubricant. They were so well lubricated um, oh, via alcohol that that was the least of their thoughts. Now, the other factor here is that I don't know about who all these girls are that are just going around 
yeah. shitting all over the shitting place. All over the place <laughs> after that. I, seems to be an epidemic. It seems that I have not seen that in real life. That be an outcome from that particular. Uh, well, I've got a homework project for you. <laughs> Since you have the internet, won't you go online and look for those videos? I don't want to look for those videos. Okay. I I I don't really like to see that act done too much. That's not real enticing to me. No. That's it does. I mean, it definitely lends itself to an urban legend. Yes, for sure. And how did our culture in general become, from a pornographic standpoint, enamored with that idea that the back door is just like a default thing? Because when we were growing up, if you saw a dirty movie, that was rare. Oh, that was rare. not on the menu. Yeah. No. And then all of a sudden, I think I don't know. I don't have an opinion on that. That just that just got to be like oh. that's the the normal and I don't I bet because of that in general in society that's become more accepted. So I'm pretty sure when we graduated in 1990 something that was not on the menu as a general rule. I still don't know yeah. that it's a general. I think I think for the younger folks it might be much more so than in our time for sure. But a lot of that stuff, I feel like, falls into that category with the internet, pornography, and all that kind of stuff too. Like, much taking it up, ratcheting it up a notch. Yeah, yeah I agree. I just think there's much more on the table now. Yes. Than used to be. Period. But that that one for sure stands out. Yeah. I mean, that was not common practice in high school. No. Although there were the there. odd tell. Yeah. Of it, so to speak. So to yeah. speak. And once you hear one try, like that, it doesn't... Just want to try something new, I think, was the was the phrase from that one tale. Right. And that story wasn't one to uh, engender a desire to go try that out. No. No, no. Not in, not in your own vehicle, anyway. Well, even, I mean, I, I think if I was faced with, this is going to be the outcome of this act, I would pretty say, no, nah, that's okay. Yeah, I, I think I... Yes, I'd... you can spit your nasty <laughs> dip in that bottle. I think I would... Kindly pass on that. Yeah, that's if so that's if that's gonna be what's gonna happen. Oh yeah, no thanks. Um, I think we'll just cuddle. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Speaking of cuddling, we have a new email from. Heavy's never been to New York. Well, he has been to New York City, I've been but to New York. He wasn't uh, allowed Thank to wander you very off. Much. I was with you, so don't act all high and mighty. I had a nice steakhouse. I asked them if they'd take a personal check. (laughs) (laughs) And then I asked them where you could find a personal check. Right. Something we grew up with that I don't even know. I I know they don't build anything. You talking about a warm piece of liver in the fork of a tree? (laughs) Where is this going? (laughs) uh, they, They don't, I don't think they build these anymore, but they were pretty common. When we were younger, is just the community pissers, uh, just the, the trough, the trough. The yeah, trough. just the trough, and some of them were circular. Yeah, yeah, or like a semicircle. Yeah, semicircle. semicircle yeah. So yeah. yeah, you were almost, you know, I mean, you were circled up, just all just dongs, you know, yeah. within a few inches of each other. I'm pretty sure that's all going away, but yes, the trough was, uh, and you had sometimes the the floor trough, like the yeah. bathroom at the football stadium. Yep. And then sometimes you had Just the... pissing in the floor. Yeah, yeah. pretty much. <laughs> uh, and when I worked for the school, I had to replace one of those piss troughs in the kindergarten. 
Yeah. And they shut the air off in the school. When, oh, Jesus Christ. And there was only a tiny little window up high, and there was no air blowing. And if you can imagine how much piss five-year-olds miss over that building's, what, 70 years old? Yeah. It was one of the worst days ever. As I had to tear You're that thing out. You're probably cleaning up our dad's piss. I, yeah, yeah, and ours, because we went to the same, we all went to the same yeah. school. I'm glad I missed out on that. It was one of those things where, let's give it to Gustav, because we know he'll work. So, gee, thanks. Yeah. The only cool in there was they'd left one freezer running, one of those sliding door freezers, mm-hmm. you know, and it had some ice milk in it. You know, not if they can't call it ice cream because it doesn't oh. have enough good stuff in it, yeah. but it's yeah. type thing. And I would go stick my head in there when I got too hot from the room full of piss. And then they'd Excellent. come and check on me because they would drop me off. Oh yeah, yeah. They weren't like you don't take your truck or anything. We're just gonna drop you off here yeah. and we'll, well they, come get you. They would drop off. I don't know if you were on this crew, but they would drop off me and the lawman and. Another friend of ours mm-hmm. over at that same kindergarten to do some painting. Yeah. They would drop us off in the morning and then drive away and we would promptly go in there and go to sleep. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then when we woke up, then we'd do some painting. But we were going to go ahead and, I mean, we'd been out all night, you know, the night before it's summer and, you know, we'd been hammered or whatever. Right. And so we were going to sleep it off in the morning and, you know, they just kept doing it. They'd drop us off and we'd, just go right in there and lay down and go to sleep. Do you remember uh, one year we were working out at the at the football stadium? Oh, yeah. And we had to, it was wooden at the time, so we had to replace the boards. Every year, mm-hmm. you replace a certain section of it. And one of our associates had been out to a uh, place that wasn't real strict on the uh, ID. Yes. So he pulls up on the track, <laughs> slumps Man. over his steering wheel. I know this story, yeah. And we finally go get him out. It started to get hot. We were worried about him. So we got him out, and we laid him in between the stands on top, not below. So if if the bosses came, we could actually get him right. Stand him up. He was not in a good way. Oh, my gosh. And we'd have to move him to match the shadow, you know, where you get a little bit of shade. Keep him in the shade. But we had... uh, We could have given him the worst sunburn of all time. But we had a uh, an adult that was doing his own thing up in the press box. He would just come down and look and just shake his head. Just <laughs> he was the most old school of the old school. Oh, the oldest. Flat top. High and tight. Rolled sleeves. Had the falling down outfit on. Smoking uh, never ashes cigarette. I've never <laughs> seen. Putting down contact adhesive at the same time. Yeah. <laughs> in a very <laughs> low ventilated right. area. But I've, I mean, I don't think I've ever seen anything defy physics more than that. He would light a cigarette, keep it in his mouth until it burned all the way down to the filter. Yes. And never ash Never ash it. Yeah. And the ashes would not fall. And he'd be right. working the whole time. I mean, he'd yeah. be moving and it would just be. Yeah. I mean, he would have like a two inch ash just hanging <laughs> as he's moving around. I mean, we marveled at it every day. Right. And, you know, to his credit, he didn't give us any shit. He helped Boy, us. He could have. Oh, he could have. He could have strung us all up, but <laughs> just let us go. So, yeah, get your uh, get your cums at the strip club, I guess, with your cum bucket. I don't know. I, I'd want at least semi-private booths, individual booths. I wouldn't want to just be in the big 
Yeah. Yeah, I don't think I'd go for that. Yeah. I mean, I think we're pretty close friends, but we're not that close. We're not that close. Well, and yeah. I mean, if I if I get hit with a stray at some point, that that's going to end the mood for me. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. Nobody Would wants not to, make for a good night. Nobody no. wants to uh keep your blue cheese to yourself. Right. Yeah. Good luck with that. Instead and of the cum uh, bucket, you call it the bukkake bucket. Oh, again, something else that didn't exist. What? And this we is where you're up. going for your medical needs, America. Yeah, yeah. to the Longmire Clinic. <laughs> we got to know these things. We had one request from young Jordan James to talk about JJ. how JJ Storkenheimer came to DFW and went around trying to steal the power of uh, people, Highlander style, because mm. he met up with uh, Melissa. He met up with uh, Clay, and then he met up with me. So I was on my guard. I was like the last one. Right. I thought he was going to try to decapitate me. Still your mojo. He's a tall son of a bitch. How tall is he, you think? I mean, he's 6'3", maybe. Strapping. I mean, he's... Yes, that makes him look taller. He, he makes him even look taller. taller than that in some of those pictures. He might be taller, and he'll correct us. But a wonderful lad. You know, Heavy wanted me to ask him all kinds of inappropriate questions. Of course. Uh, but we actually pretty much talked philosophy and some politics and very highbrow, very highbrow stuff. He's got a fascinating story. His uh, grandfather came from Algeria, huh? Be. Fought in the Algerian Revolution, and so damn before he came to study in America. And man, I thought I was going to be able to hook up with y'all until that day, right? And I'm just really pissed. And I, I, I felt to. bad because I only had about an hour to give him. Yeah, because I. Flight was a little bit late, and then I needed to get home for stuff. And uh, but we had a real nice dinner, you know, talked pretty much nonstop. Brad was pissed from below the belt because I did, suggested like Mongolian because he said he didn't want Hooters, which okay. is where we normally go because we like right. to see ass and stuff. But he's an upstanding young man, didn't want to see that sort of thing. Right. So I said, well, how about a Mongolian grill or something like that? And then he ended up picking a sushi place. And that confused Brad. So Brad was pissed at him and still grappling on so below Brad the belt. Met, Brad was going to meet up with you? Brad was going to meet up, too. Cause he I, was sitting at the Mongolian Grill. Well, he couldn't find it. He couldn't. Oh. He kind of knew the general area. Because I recorded some really shitty music for Brad to use on their show. Oh, yeah? Yeah. It's really <laughs> shitty. Gustav Goes Electric is about like Dylan going electric at the Newport. Oh, this is electric, Gustav? I went electric. Oh. And it sounds horrid. Have they played it yet? Yeah, they played it on... I'm uh, a few behind on this. The Dictator episode. Okay, I'll have to check that out. Last week or week before last. A song or just music? I gave them one song, and then I gave them some intros to like the Farm Report or How's Your Dick. Okay. Oh, yeah. And it's I, I spent about 30 minutes working on the whole thing, and it's awful. All right. But, uh, it, you know, he enjoyed, he, Brad thoroughly enjoyed it. Ryan wasn't as crazy because it was pretty much kicking Ryan in the nuts most of the time. We <laughs> need to hook up with those guys and JJ again for sure. Yes. Absolutely. All of us want so to when JJ comes them. back, we'll definitely have to try and get with him. Absolutely. Uh, I'm trying to work out with, with Brad and Ryan to at least get Brad up here sometime to record with us or maybe. Well, not Ryan. You don't like Ryan? Well, Ryan doesn't What's know. What's wrong us. with Ryan? Ryan doesn't listen to us. Yet, maybe he does now, but Brad does listen to us. Oh, okay. I'm also trying to maybe go and get my kendo gear out and go down there and us do uh, some kendo. Is that when Man. you were in Tennessee? Yeah, in Tennessee. <laughs> <laughs> 
He's, uh, Gustav sends me this picture. God, when was that? About seven, oh, it's eight been years a long ago? time ago. Yeah, it's been about seven years ago. He sent, emails me this picture. So that was before we had smartphones, yeah. probably. And, uh, it was a kids class? It was an all ages class. So it would be adults <laughs> down to kids. The picture it's like I got. Kramer karate class. It, oh, it's, it's exactly the picture like I got was these, like, seven year olds beating Gustav with these sticks. <laughs> So like, what in the shit? So it had uh so kendo is the Japanese fencing, you know, where you have the, yeah. the armor and everything and these bamboo shinies, these sticks as he calls them. And those sticks hurt like hell. I bet. It was a stick. Of course and, it's gonna uh, hurt. So you have a chest plate and you have a helmet and you have these padded gauntlets that only go up about half of your uh forearm. And you rotate in the class. You He's might come be in looking like Genghis Khan. <laughs> you, may, <laughs> you may be squaring up against like a badass Japanese dude that's gonna just beat your ass, right? Or you may be up against a twelve-year-old. So you don't know, huh? You don't know because you rotate through. Okay. You know, so you might you spar for a couple of minutes, then you right. switch. So you got to be cool. You don't want to like beat up one of exactly. the 10-year-olds and then have this badass come up. Come and I bet beat some of those 10-year-olds could beat your well, ass. Well, that's where I'm going. And I was a beginner. I only did this for about a year. So I got good enough to be okay. I, you know what you're doing, but not good, you know. And this 12-year-old had been sparring in competition. You know, I say 12. He may have been 13. I don't know. But he was a junior high kid. And so we line up, and this is just in class. This is not like I'm trying to win or anything. Mm-hmm. We're just practicing. And the little shit <laughs> whacks the hell out of me on the on the arm. And I'm like, okay, all right, you know, that's one. Because, a fucker. I eat a fucker. So Throws a stick down and just chokes him. <laughs> so we split. We split again. We go, you know, and he whacks the shit out of me again. I'm like, hey, dude, we're just practicing here. You don't have to hit so hard. <laughs> I wish I had this on video. So. He whacks me again. And so I look at you the... You swing at his head? No, not yet. So I look at the instructor, who's this older ex-gunnery sergeant from the Marines. Uh-huh. Really nice guy, but he's a hard ass. You know, he's like, take care of it. <laughs> so the little son of a bitch, we square off again. Finish and I him. whack the fucking shit out of him. <laughs> Try to break his arm, probably. Son of a bitch. Like, ah! And he's like, he told you to lay off. So it was just like the Kramer. I mean... Uh, I can kick a 13-year-old's ass given enough uh, power. Shit. That <laughs> reminds me of a... He starts crying. He was. Our, our Guamanian... Like, what the fuck are you doing? Our, our Polynesian friend. Yes. His younger brother, who uh, who I ran around with more than right. you did. He's, what, two years younger than me? Yeah. Well, he, you know, he joined the Navy. Mm-hmm. When he got out of the Navy, he was telling me when he was stationed out in San Diego, he got into boxing. They're on, on base. Yeah. You know, they did some boxing classes and that kind of stuff. He said, man, I was pretty damn good. You know, he said, you know, we'd go, we'd go out at night into San Diego, but it was, you know, you were strictly forbidden right. to engage in any combat activities, <laughs> any fight activities off the base. He said, but I found this gym in San Diego, this boxing gym. I'd go down there and box. He said, you know, I thought, you know, we were boxing these little Mexican guys, and I was doing good and all that. Well, they talked me into coming back on a fight night. <laughs> and uh, you got to pay like 30 bucks or something like that. Oh, you come no. in. He said, I'm feeling pretty good. You know, I've, I was the best one on right. base. I've been down at this gym a few times, sparring with these guys, and and uh, you know I'm I'm doing pretty good, feel good about my skill level. He said I go down there, 
And he's not a small guy. He's no. probably six foot. He's wiry. Uh, well, he's stockier. Yeah, than, he's, he's stockier than, than Polynesian than Polynesian older brother. Oh, you're talking about younger brother. Yeah, 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 oh, okay. yeah younger brother. And uh, yeah, he's he's sitting. They pair me up. He said with a little bitty Mexican guy. He said I'm sitting there thinking, I know they weighed us. Why, you know, that, I'm gonna kill this guy. He's little. He said they rang that bell. He said that little Mexican beat the piss out of me. <laughs> he said I've never had an ass whipping that bad in my life. Mm. And uh. So he shows back up on base, and he's, you know, next morning, his, <laughs> his head's hell. all swollen up, <laughs> shit. He busted lips, and his eyes swole up, and, his, and uh, so he got in a little bit of trouble for fighting off right. base. But, uh, yeah, that, I think of you talking about your the 12-year-old whipping on you, I always think about him, thinking, hell, I'm pretty good at this, you know. Oh, yeah, and yeah. Some little guy just whips the piss out of him, you know. There's a big difference between training and actually fighting. Oh, yeah, yeah. There, You know, when that when the rubber meets the road, that's when it it turns real. So, we earlier tonight, we broke out the moon pies. Mm. Yes. And the glass bottle of Cokes. Yes. To kind of relive some childhood uh, gas station food. How How did it sit? Wonderful. I'm a fan of the banana moon pie. Ugh. I'm glad you got me chocolate, because I like that kind. I don't uh, like the chocolate uh, ones. I don't like the banana one. I, I really don't. I mean, I, I mean, I wouldn't want to eat one of those all that often. I only ate half mine. Well, I ate all mine. Yeah, we know. <laughs> I ate mine, too, Abby. Don't feel yeah. bad. I love those things. I don't eat them very often at all, but I I sure do like I don't them. eat much of them. What is, is that a graham cracker? It's kind of a graham cracker thing. Crusty. I think it's one of those where you just don't read the package. Yeah, you, you don't, really want know, don't really want to know what it is. There's nothing natural in there. I would have liked to it's have like found pork skin. It's like, I don't know that it's actually really pork skin. You ever seen those like me- those yeah. whole sides at, at a Mexican market? Uh-huh. It's just nothing. But it's just like they just skin the damn. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We did get a, another question from Pretty Little Nurse. Out there in, uh, she's out San Fran, way? San Francisco. She, she's made it to the bay, she's huh? She made it to the bay and she's run into a little problem Uh-oh. the way she sees it. Late, late on. Let me nervous. see how. Is this douchebag related? Well, it's more of a problem of competition. Uh oh. Why are there so many Asians in San Francisco and why do white men love them so much? Because they make me, the nice white girls, odds of finding a decent looking man in this city even lower. What is the allure and how can I beat it? Well, that's so, like a really loaded question. That is a super loaded question. So obviously San Francisco has a large Asian population. Most of the West Coast does. Right. Seattle, you know, Los Angeles, everything. Now, I would point out to her that being left, a, left over from building the railroads. Well, I don't think it's all left over <laughs> from building the railroads. It's certainly the genesis of it. But right, that's when they first came. They, <laughs> they. So there's more than just... Chinese people there. She said Asian. Well, there's more than just Chinese <laughs> people than in Asia. Asia than just China. You I know exactly. That's why I said Asia, not China. Anyway, oh my gosh. Um, we all know Heavy's take on Chinatown too. <laughs> yeah, where the Goonies that. are. Where the Goonies were at. The Gremlins. Oh, hey, uh, revisiting <laughs> that. Our friend, the General's friend. The same week we put out the podcast about uh, the Goonies and all that. Sent me a picture 
he was outside the Astoria jail where they break the Fratelli brother out. Really? Yes. Ah, very cool. So they were up there. Um, they traveled a lot because they don't have any kids. They can do whatever the hell they want. Right. And they were up there in cool. Washington and got to actually see that. So that was pretty cool. So I would point out that Pretty Little Nurse is now in the San Francisco area. Right. Where I don't know the exact demographic breakdown, but... A lot of Asians. And that wasn't where I was going, but there may be less straight men for the pool to even oh. be dipping from to begin with. Yeah. yeah so you're in kind of a skewed sample. She's not exactly stacking the odds in her favor to begin with. Here's what I would do. Oh, God. Put some balm on it. You've got... Has she tugged one out yet? That's the first <laughs> question. You've got an asset that these locals don't have. You've got a 903 accent. You've got stories of the 903. You're from Texas. So that automatically makes you better than Californians. And, uh, so you, you need to play up, you know, what you do bring to the game. So are you saying she needs to wear boots and some Rockies? Not, not Rockies, but maybe a piece of straw hanging out of her mouth. <laughs> maybe, 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 uh, some Daisy Dukes and uh, I'm not saying paint go, on some freckles. I'm not saying <laughs> go <laughs> on sharpie. full hillbilly, but pigtail braids, which I'm a fan of. No, you know, and the cowboy hat, uh, dude. Yeah, I the, like the there's hat. not a, there's not many more uh, stronger aphrodisiacs than the cowboy hat. If you want to stand out in this population, then you're going to have to stand out in this population. To which I've I've never met you. Being from the 903, I'm assuming. That you probably have a little bit of a draw, whether you realize you do or not. Because uh, to me, Gustav doesn't, but he <laughs> says he does. Uh, I don't think I do. No, we sound <laughs> we sound like we we sound like the Queen's English, right? Anyway, you use those to your advantage because you got something unique there that some of these boys may have never uh, been around before. As much as I hate to admit it. I think he may be right about this. Yeah, damn right, I'm right. Because I, I have no regular dear Abby that my accent does get a lot attention. of attention when I'm out in other parts of the country. Yeah, yeah, and it's I mean it's always good to you know use what you got. Use what you got. I this may this is an interesting thing that I've run into because I've worked a lot on the West Coast and uh, I've worked worked with a lot of different. People of ethnic backgrounds and ages. The older Asian woman is not a fan of Gustav as a general rule. Really? Because you're racist. <sighs> Apart from that. I can usually charm anybody. They probably don't like your Hiroshima jokes. <laughs> I do not make Hiroshima jokes. It sticks with Nagasaki. I do right. not make Nagasaki jokes. I can usually charm most women with the drawl and with the aw shucks and the you know, right. That's definitely in the montage. Yeah. And it usually works. I've taken on some very inhospitable rooms Surly. and won you, them over. You throw ma'am out there a lot. I, I tip well, no, the ma'am you gotta be careful with. Ma'am. Especially with the, yeah, with the fourth wave feminism or whatever right. we're up against. You gotta be careful with that. But I, also I, there's an age connotation to ma'am sometimes yes. from their point of view. Yeah. Yeah. But you can I can defuse an awful lot of ladies that I run into just with the aw shucks type 
flirtiness, you know. As he kicks his toe in the dirt. Oh, He's kind of the old Asian woman whisperer. No, the old Asian woman doesn't <laughs> fall for it a bit. Yeah. And they don't like my frankness. So I, I you know, I kind of lull you in with frank the flirt. Themselves. Oh, that, they kick my ass when it comes to yeah. it. And so there's a lot of headbutting. And they don't like me to just flat out tell it like it is. And so as a general rule, if you're probably 60 or over an Asian woman, you may not care for me is a high probability. Now, the younger, I do okay with. I can usually flirt with them, although I can piss them off too. Yeah. But uh, so I don't have a real... You can pretty much piss off anybody you run into. Yeah, that's that's probably... Uh, it's always doable. Yeah. yeah. I can be an asshole. But really, I mean, it's, you know, not to... Don't beat yourself up too much because I think that that, that group you're talking about finds, uh, has a problem with a lot of different kind of people. Yeah, they, they, they're uh, pretty ornery bunch. The, the, the older Asian woman has, in the situations that I work with them in. Alright, so let's rank the races. No, 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 no. <laughs> I'm just saying this is just a group. Number one, I'm gonna go 100 meter dash. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> Number two, uh, Kentucky Derby, uh, the uh, <laughs> Indy 500. So anyway, I don't know what to tell you about if you're trying to compete against folks that may tend to enjoy one ethnic group or another. I don't know how to to whip that. I Just would compete go against with, yourself. Uh, wow, that is some. What's the? I'm okay. You're okay. Guy? Yes, the great Thomas Harris book. I'd follow my advice if I was you. Tug one out. Tug one out. I think the pigtails and the uh, maybe the shirt tied up. That that's stereotype. That. (laughs) (laughs) That would certainly turn your head. Yeah, sometimes the stereotype works. Yeah, that's true. Stereotypes are stereotypes for a reason. Right. That's right. I say just be yourself, and if they don't like it, suck it. Yeah. Don't but suck it for them. No, yeah. no. Don't but go to that level. Definitely use what you got. Yeah. I mean, I think heavy camouflaged in some of the other shit he's throwing out there has actually got some pretty good advice on this. Yeah, one. I think he does. But uh, of course, don't do. lo- don't lower your standards no, for some of these no, no, no. And don't get played by somebody that wants to uh, dip his wick wherever he can. No. And just keep stringing along. So. Watch I yourself. Trust, but verify. I don't understand that appeal. What? Of being a dude just hopping along. Oh, the struggle she's having. The, what? The for the Asian. Yeah. You oh, know, wanting oh. to have a. I don't know. There. I mean, I think there's. So, I think you know, if you are, you know, if you were Vietnamese, I think you're more likely to want to date somebody Vietnamese. I think just culturally. Oh, okay. But as far as a guy wanting to, a white guy wanting to date somebody that's Asian, I don't know. You know, there are people that like blondes, there are people that like brunettes and redheads and. Okay. I don't know. <laughs> Heavy has several continents to which he just doesn't understand why someone would find these people attractive. <laughs> <laughs> that, I don't think that's they, what we're getting Don't at. they practice communism in that country? <laughs> yeah. First, let me know your political views. Then I'll let you know. I don't want any of this little red book bullshit. (laughs) Uh, Great leap forward my ass. Oh, shit. Well, pretty little nurse, I hope you're having a good time out there. Don't let the bastards get you down. That's what Chris Christopherson told us at Farm Aid in 1992. That is correct. He told y'all what? 
Don't, don't let, let the bastards get you down. That sounds like something he'd say. Man, the other night on PBS, I was flipping through, and I, it was, I don't know what night it was, but I flipped on PBS, so I knew it wouldn't be kid shows on, you know, it was in the evening. And they were showing an old concert of the Highwaymen. And I was sitting there watching it for a little bit, and I was like, man, there's only two of them still alive. Jeff Lynn and... No, not no, the Traveling Wilburys. Oh, 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 oh. Waylon's gone. Yeah. And, uh... Cash is gone. Cash Johnny's is gone. gone. So you got it's Willie and Christopherson. Christopherson. Who would have thought Christopherson would have made it this long? Or Willie? Yeah, Fuck no Willie's eighty-three. I, mean, I know he's old. I know. That's pretty damn amazing. I yeah, think. that's genetics. There was an article I urge, and I'm. I know some of this stuff's hard to find. It's probably old enough now. You can find it. Texas Monthly did a article on Willie. Gosh, probably five years ago. That's one of the best articles on him I've ever read talked about back in the wild days in yeah. the 70s you know how Willie's always been this you know peaceful you know love you know free love you know drinking and drugging kind of which he doesn't drink anymore but back then you know but uh his crew wasn't his crew was rough and tumble yeah and this article talks about how they were in a recording studio down in Austin somewhere in the early mid seventies, and I can't remember who it was. One of his guys got in an argument with the studio manager, pulled out a damn pistol, and uh, fired a shot in the wall. I remember mm-hmm. reading about in, that before. in the recording studio. The guy wouldn't give Willie more time or something like that. Recording okay. time, and uh, after that, he decided that Willie could have all the recording time, time he wanted. wanted. Yeah. And, uh, but yeah, it was a really good article. Is that the one that. where he's in the shotgun Willie t-shirt on the cover? Uh, he's younger. Think, yeah, I think yeah. might be. Great might picture. Be. I love that picture. Yes, yeah, so he's holding the beer. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Budweiser, I think. Yep. No beard Willie. Was that a, was that a Skip Hollinsworth or who did that? It might have been Hollinsworth. Cause man, everything he writes. Hollinsworth's good. Really good. He's good. I used to get Texas Monthly and now it's just a, which they'll, they'll have a couple of good articles, which, is, which I understand that's the way the industry is now, but it's packed. It's nothing but advertising. Yeah, and right. it's, I you think know? it's gone. I mean, there's still a couple of good writers there, but I think it's it's not what it used to be. No. Well, the, the Texanist, whole, he's funny as hell. Yeah, the whole world's, I mean, I think we've, we've seen the demise of, of the magazine. Yeah, I laughed at my dad a few months ago. He had, he had gone out to visit one of his old work buddies that they'd... Worked with for, gosh, 40 years. Worked together. And Dad was asking about his this guy's sons, how they were doing. And he's like, oh, I, I guess they're doing all right. I said, uh, Dad said, well, what's so-and-so doing, the oldest one? He, said, he had a good job, you know, working for a working for a company. Mm-hmm. And uh, <laughs> now he coaches soccer for year-round. I don't know. He's one of these... Some of these select so like, leagues oh, yeah, yeah. down here in the Metroplex where these guys make damn good money yeah. you know, doing that. So he does that, and he's like, I, I don't know how you can uh, – it's just kids' soccer, you know. He says he makes a living off of it. I don't know how he does it. <laughs> well, what's what's the other one doing? Hell, he's living here at home back in the back. So he does something on the computer all day, writing on blogs or something like that, but <laughs> – Hell, I don't know what it is. It, I don't understand how any of this stuff works anymore. It's just a different world. I don't, I don't understand it. 
you know, I don't understand why he'd leave a company and, <laughs> and go. And it's just this whole different mindset of right. You know, just the world is a different place. Man, you know? I I was at the uh, I was at this restaurant going through the line waiting to get. It's a Chipotle type place, but a, just a local joint that's mm-hmm. set up like that. It's a real popular place, and it was a Saturday around noon, so it was packed, and so I had a long wait, you know, in the line to get up to the counter. And I was looking and you know looking over the whole place, and it is just packed with people. And there's this one older man sitting at this booth by himself, and he looks, I don't know, he's, he's probably 70 something, you know. And at one point, like, he's sitting there, and he was eating, and then he just kind of picked his head up, and I watched him as he's just looking around, like, the room, and I swear, everyone else in that place, if they weren't eating, was looking at their phone, yeah. messing with their phone. And I mean, even, like, you know, four people in a booth, all four, phone. none of them looking at each other, all yeah. four looking at the phone. I mean, it was just, it was like a, you know, a microcosm of the uh-huh. difference. Like, just watching this old guy look around, I was thinking, I was wondering if what's going through his mind is what's going through mine. Right. It's like, this is a completely different world than yeah. the world that I grew up in. Yeah, yeah. And I know we all feel that way, mm-hmm. but I feel like it's really ramped up exponentially yeah. as you know as the generations have gone yeah. on i mean this guy you know think about somebody that's gone from seeing what he's seen from growing up until now right i mean but it's you know and i just wonder like I always wonder that generation's view of like just how different you know social interaction is and everything i mean well, you're probably thinking these people are not even you know yeah they're three inches away from each other and they're not even acknowledging one yeah. another and it amazes me and i've tried to get this through to my oldest daughter which i mean she acts like she understands but i know she doesn't completely understand because i don't completely understand because i didn't live through it but we lived through part of that changeover was what movie did i watch with her uh um, Electric Two Boogaloo Rambo. No, the Martin Luther King Selma. Selma. Watch Selma with her, and I was explaining to her, which she's done, you know, Black History Month and all that, and they talk about that stuff in school. But you know, at that age, they know the events. Does she know the general song? No, she does oh, not know the general goodness. song. I mean, they know the she knows the events and stuff. And I was just kind of checking to see if she realized the significance of what it, you know, of that of what was going on. And I said, you know, when your grandparents were your age, I said, you know, they didn't go to school with black kids. Right. Well, why not? I said, well, it was against the law. What do you mean it's against the law? Well, the black kids went to one school and the white kids went to another school. And, well, that's dumb. I was like, well, yeah. I said, you know, blacks couldn't use the same restrooms that whites used. What, you know, I was explaining all right. this stuff to her. And she just had this look on her face like, what in the world? You know, just this. You know, and that's only a generation removed. It's yeah. amazing from how, us, yeah, you know? that how soon or how it hasn't been that long since it yeah. was like that. Which I mean, I know, I mean, as evidence in America, race relations are not great at all. But when you think back that you know, sixty years ago, it was a hell of a lot different place. I mean, Absolutely. we still have tremendous strides to make, but just to look at you know, I can remember as a kid being taught about Martin Luther King, and you know, and our parents could relate. I think my dad was in, I think he was a freshman in high school. Was it that old? Because when no, uh, when they were integrated, no, it was oh, been before that. Because 
Yeah. I think my dad was in third grade, I want to say. So I think your dad would have been in like middle school. Yeah, I think it was middle was school. Was middle school? Yeah. Because yeah. I know that town was a little slower. Right. Behind There's a the, lot of right. small southern towns were. Right. They're a little slower to get the memo. Right. But I, I remember dad was talking about well, a guy that went on to play for the Jets. Mm-hmm. He, I think it was third grade. and The Giants. Know, or Giants, sorry. And came, you know. He's, he's in bad health right now. Yeah, that's what I, I saw. Yeah. yeah. But uh, they were became, you know, just like, okay, hey, you're a dude. Hey, you know. Yeah, exactly. And it wasn't One of my a, uncles a, was good friend you know yeah it was good just friends with him growing up and you know it was just kind of like okay yeah to them it wasn't a big deal yeah because when you're little kids you don't know yeah it's like it's just another kid right you know the uh but yeah it, it was just amazing watching the look on her face as she was trying to process that that actually right happened yeah it was a thing Cause we've, it, that it wasn't we've had that same discussion and the kids are like well that doesn't make any sense yeah you know it's like yeah you're right it doesn't right you know so which is i mean it's it's awesome that they have that, you know, that they have that perspective and that right. they don't, you know, they're not marred by growing up and, you know, trying to make sense out of that kind of thing. And that, but it's, it's just stunning how recent all that was. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And it doesn't, you know, and it, and I think the thing for their generation is going to be the whole LGBT thing. Yeah. To where it's like, well, what do you, you know, what do you mean that, that this wasn't just right. like gay marriage or whatever, you know, wasn't, you know, wasn't legal. Yeah. Cause right. if you see, if you see like just Twitter or Tumblr or anything or Reddit or anything, it's just a, it's just generationally, it's just night and day. It's yeah. not that our generation was doing anything against, but yeah. it's just the level of acceptance is just kind of, yeah. I caught the tail end of a discussion on NPR last night, I think it was. Bragging montage right there. No doubt. Of a, uh, we're just going to start calling those his BMs. <laughs> <laughs> that was a big BM. Of they were, this author, he had he's just done this book about, he was an attorney, he was the attorney for this guy in Virginia. It was a white dude in Virginia who was married, who was cohabitating with a black lady in the early 70s. Late 60s, something like that. Well, that was forbidden. Yeah, that was against the law. You weren't supposed to do that. And even me, as a you know 41-year-old, I'm listening, and I'm like, how in freaking 1970 or 1968, whenever the hell that was, right? how could that, for that to be against the law just blew my mind. You yeah, know? It's, it's, cra- it's, it, is, it is crazy to think that that's how far we've come. And, you know, um, I've been reading a lot lately about, South Africa and Rhodesia and mm-hmm. Zaire and all those countries as they changed post-colonialism. And there was all this international pressure on them to switch from white majority rule and everything. And the U.S. was one of the big pieces putting pressure on them. But only like 10 years earlier, the U.S. was no better off. Yeah, so it was right. kind of like, you know, yeah. really, are you, now you get to be on your high horse, but yeah, just I mean, because... So it's amazing how the world in general has changed. Yeah. I mean, and there's still problems in in Africa all day long, but it's just from what changed just like you said, a generation removed, our parents' yeah, generation. Yeah, and that's, you know, like to her, you know, having a black president, okay, he's black, okay. That, yeah. There's no real huge significance to her in that. Right. Well, and as she gets older, I'm sure there will be, but for, I would say, our generation and older, I mean, that's a... Right. That's a so it's a watershed yeah. moment. Oh, yeah. I'm waiting no for doubt. the first 
uh, Apache president. Apache? Yeah. I thinking Comanche. Maybe Navajo. Navajo? If he has a nice Navajo rug, I'll vote for him. <laughs> we were, uh, this Tom. sort of speaks to what you're saying about that, you know, it just being a different perspective. Like, we were watching TV the other day with my parents, and my kids were there, and there's this little kids dance crew that came on uh, doing some kind of dance thing, you know, PBS or something. And it was like, uh, it was like three white kids and three African American kids. You know, they were just all mixed in there dancing, some boys and some mm-hmm. girls. My four year old was like, you know, look, some of those kids are kind of tall and some of them are, you know, not so tall. And my mom, you know, said, now that is, that's what she notices. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like it doesn't even, it didn't even, you know. The color didn't, that yeah, wasn't what jumped it, out at I her. mean, it didn't resonate with her at all that yeah. they, it just, didn't even, you know, yeah. didn't even think about it. It was just like, you know, hey, those kids in the back are taller than the kids in the front. Uh-huh. Yeah. Is my youngest daughter, she'll, which at first I thought, God, when she would start doing this, probably when she was, well, five years old or something like this. And I, at first I thought, this isn't cool. I need to nip this in the bud. She'd talk about that brown-skinned person or that peach-skinned. And it was, then I got to realize, and she's not talking about a ray. I mean. Yeah. She called me a brown skin person. Right, because right. that's the color of... Because my yeah. skin is brown. It was, you know, a real pale kid. They were peach skin. Right. Peach. And, uh, now, albino you know, was, kid's a white kid. Yeah, I mean, it was like true color, you know. Right. And it, Just skin tone. Not, yeah, it was a skin not tone, a race. not a race thing. It didn't, she didn't, <clears throat> didn't comprehend that way. I downloaded the BBC app, yeah. news app. I expected yeah. y'all to take that in a different turn real quick. The uh <laughs> we know where your race thinking had, is had it for for you. I like reading the South American news. For some reason, South American politics fascinates me just because it's yeah, it's a circus. freaking nuts down there. <laughs> I was telling Gustav about it, and he was like, "Yeah, I like reading uh the African. What's going on in the African countries?" And this was years ago. Yeah. And we got to talking about colonialism and post-colonialism and how for some parts of the world, that's when they really got jacked up was after that. Yes. And, yeah. And it is because of an education right. issue. I mean, it's, Well, right know. now, uh, I was reading an article, uh, and I think it was a quote from one of the president, past presidents of Zaire, is that how they wished they had the old English colonizers back because the Chinese just come in now. Oh, yeah. And the Chinese are just exploiting the resources and not doing anything for education. The British yeah. never do that. Well, the British did it. <laughs> the British did it, but the British built hospitals. Right. They did both. Right. And they educated and they, you know, they yeah. built an infrastructure of, of a community and a society. Right. The Chinese will come in and build they roads. They do, yeah. But they just using the roads to drag everything out. So right. There's a huge play going on in Africa right now with yes. the Chinese. Yes. And America is just generally oblivious to how much is going on. Well, that was, it's interesting you say that because a friend of ours who was a military contractor. Right. For, uh, several years. In 08, he was stationed, he had left Iraq and he was stationed in Africa. He mentioned some country in Africa, I never even freaking, he was in Djibouti for a while, then they shipped him over to somewhere else, and he was always on construction, he was a construction contractor. 
And I was like, what, what the hell are y'all doing in Africa? And he told me then, he said, there's a race between us and the Chinese just putting footprints mm-hmm. in Africa to just to have a footprint. Yep. You know, said so the Chinese started it and we're trying to, the U.S. is trying to keep up. But at that point, wasn't no. doing a real good job of it. And one of the things is, uh, so like if the U.S. came in, there would be to build something, you would have project managers and mm-hmm. we got to do these feasibility studies and all these things have to happen. The Chinese come in like, you want to, you want this bridge? We'll build it in three months. And yeah. They just come in and just do it. Right. Yeah. And, but again, they're they got just, those railroad workers. Oh my gosh. They're just, I think they're it's just more a matter of less regulation. Less regulation. That. And they're willing to bribe. Yeah, exactly. And they're willing to do whatever it takes to just get it done so that they can get the resources out. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, we're ending on such a high note of post-colonialism problems in Africa that I think it's probably time to wrap it up. All right. We, we, have uh, we solved the world's problems? I'm sure we did. I'm sure we solved we pretty little more. I, we probably caused several in this episode. Everybody okay. needs to just tug one out. Tug one just out. Get your cums. Email us, not about your comes, but if you have something to say about what we've said, let us know. If you don't like it, email us at eatadick.com. But if you did like what we had to say or have something to add to the conversation at canyouhearmepod at gmail.com. And we will talk to you later. Adios. Bye. The French want to help Africans build democratic institutions. The Americans want to help Africans build security structures and the Chinese want to help them build the economic infrastructure but the big question is are Africans benefiting from the new competition or are they being squeezed by this new scramble there's something very important I forgot to tell you what don't cross the streams why it would be bad I'm fuzzy on the whole good bad thing what do you mean bad Try to imagine all life as you know it stopping instantaneously and every molecule in your body exploding at the speed of light. Total protonic reversal. That's bad. Okay. All right. Important safety tip. Thanks, Egan. And world-class championship wrestling. I'm Bill Mercer with Jay Saldy. Good night from Dallas, Texas.